0: Welcome to the Pastor's Study.
1: For our program today, I want to ask you to memorize a Bible verse with me. Would you say this out loud after me? Here we go. Romans 10:9. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved." Can you say the whole thing? Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is a hugely important verse, so the whole sermon today is us going phrase by phrase to make sure we know what it means. Let's pray. Father, we want to pray if there's anyone watching this show, that is not confessing Jesus as their Lord, that today would be their day where they would come to Christ. God speak to us now through this ancient verse and we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. The Apostle Paul writing to the Christians at Rome chapter 10 verse 9, if. Here's the first lesson for today. If you confess Christ you're saved. If you don't you're not. The first word is if. That means salvation is conditional. If you confess Christ, you're saved. If you don't, you're not. If means salvation is conditional. Often we hear preachers talk about the unconditional grace of God, that God loves everybody unconditionally. Well, if, if they mean by that, that you can't earn his salvation, that's true. And if they mean by that, that his love is huge for sinners, that's true. But if means salvation is conditional. If you believe in Christ, you're saved. If you don't, you're not. Let me again talk about an insidious heresy that is in many denominations called universalism. Universalism teaches that everybody goes to heaven. God's, you'll, see, you'll see Hitler in heaven. You'll see the devil in heaven. Everybody goes to heaven because of the unconditional grace of God. Not according to the Bible, they don't. I'm a Lutheran. Years ago, I was in the liberal branch of Lutheranism, the ELCA, Lutheran Church. We went to our liberal convention every year, and one year a Lutheran pastor was giving a seminar on the Jewish-Christian dialogue. And he made the point that Jews, Christians, everybody goes to heaven. So my friend and I went up afterwards, and my friend said to him, but what about the verses on hell? And this Lutheran pastor said, there is no hell. Well, according to Jesus and Lutheranism, if you'd read Luther, there's a hell. And and, and the word if means salvation is conditional. Next word, if you. The word there is the singular pronoun. If you, singular. Next uh, lesson is salvation is personal. You personally need to believe in Christ to be saved. My friends, 88 year old dad is dying. Dad has gone to the Lutheran church his whole life. But my friend is concerned about dad because there's little evidence of Christ in his life. So he goes into the hospital room and, dad, can I pray for you? Nope, I don't wanna, nope. Well, dad, do you know Jesus and the forgiveness of your sins and that you're going to heaven? Well, I don't know if I believe in heaven. This guy has gone to the Lutheran church his whole life. You know what the problem is? For dad, religion's kind of a cultural thing, a family thing, but it's not a personal thing. If you personally, you need to have a personal relationship with Christ, and how do you know if you have a personal relationship with Christ? Well, my, I think it's kind of easy. Do you pray? I think if you pray and you're trusting Christ, you've got a personal relationship. But, you know, I remember years ago, this woman of my church said to me, and her mom and dad went to my church every Sunday, and she said, Pastor Tom, I have never heard my mom or my dad pray ever. And I got worried for her parents. Uh, If means salvation is conditional, you, Christianity has to be a personal thing for you. Next words, confess with your lips. That means salvation is public. Oh, but pastor, I think religion is a personal private thing and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to make anybody nervous. So I believe in Christ and everything, but I keep it personal and private. No, if your Christianity is private, It's not Christianity. Jesus said in Matthew 10, He who confesses me before men, I'll confess before my Father in heaven. He who denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. You have to be public about your faith. Here was a pastor that was giving the children's sermon. All the kids come up front, and he puts a pitcher of water on the pulpit. And during the children's sermons, he purposely knocks the pitcher off and water goes everywhere and he says to the kids, kids when you're bumped what you're filled with spills out. (laughs) And his point was if you're filled with the Holy Spirit you talk about Christ. I remember years ago I was driving an older pastor and his wife to a pastor's conference. This is a godly man the pastor sitting next to me his wonderful wife is sitting in the back seat and it's snowing and I may be going too fast and my tire goes over the curb and we go down this snowy bank into the snow and as we're bumping around this pastor says, Oh Lord save us! (laughs) And we were fine but you know something else could have spilled out of his mouth and when you're bumped what you're filled with spills out and if you never talk about Christ to anyone Do you have the Holy Spirit? Here's a high school girl that I I, uh, went to my church. She's standing next to her friend at high school, uh, talking to him about Christ. Another student walks by and hears it and says, you got to be quiet about that here. Separation of church and state. She thought he was joking, so she kept talking about it. the, The other student took his fist, slugged her in the face, and knocked her down. The next day he did come back and he apologized to her and she invited him to church and he started going to church. (laughs) Listen, if you confess with your lips, that means your Christianity needs to be public or it's not Christianity. If you confess with your lips, next words, Jesus is Lord. Do you know that's the earliest creed in the Christian church? It's found in the New Testament right here. I mean, the oldest creed is the Apostles' Creed from about 250 A.D. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That's a real old creed. But even older is just three words. The ancient creed is Jesus is Lord. So here's the next lesson. salvation means lordship salvation let me explain what that means sometimes you hear somebody give their testimony well 10 years ago i made jesus my savior but last year i made him my lord meaning i believed in him 10 years ago but he, he became lord of my life last year i don't think it works that way if jesus isn't your lord he's not your savior I heard an old preacher say this, when Jesus Christ comes into a life, he does not come in to sit on the floor. He either comes in as the Lord or he doesn't come in at all. Let me repeat that. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, he comes in as Lord of your life or he doesn't come in at all. So here's this engaged couple that I didn't know but they wanted to get married at my church years ago. And so they come in and I look at their forms and I say, well, you know, it shows your guys are living together before marriage. Well, yes, uh, but her point was we believe in Jesus as our savior. Yeah, but is He your Lord? You know, 1 Corinthians 6 says, fornicators don't go to heaven and you guys are living in sin. And if, you want, if you're willing to repent, live apart, join the church, start following Christ. We can talk about a wedding, but if you're going to keep living in sin and asking me to bless it, can't do it. Well, the young woman who was raised in the church starts crying because I think she knew what was wrong. He, the guy, just got, he started squirming. You could tell he wanted out of my office. And I'm not normally this direct, but I looked at him, I said, you're not liking this, are you? And I don't remember what he said, but But they left. But there's an example of someone who says, he's my savior, but he doesn't have to be lord of my life. No, no. If he's not lord of your life, he's not your savior. Now listen, we all sin after conversion, me too. But there's a difference between sinning and repenting, and living in impenitent sin. And Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, open up. Didn't we do all these great things? I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. They never repented of their sin. If salvation is conditional, you personally confess with your lips, you need to be public about this, that Jesus is not just Savior, but he's Lord of your life. Next words. And believe in. Notice it doesn't say believe about. (laughs) You need to believe in Christ to be saved. A lot of people believe about Jesus, that he died on the cross, rose from the dead. They know he's out there. They believe about him. That doesn't save anybody. The devil believes about Jesus. You have to believe in him to be saved. So here's the next lesson. Salvation is entrusting your life to Christ. Let me explain the difference between believing about and believing in Christ. You maybe have heard this story before if you have watched the show a lot. I had a professor in college who was a dynamic preacher. And in between classes, he'd be flying around the world preaching. He told us this story. One day, I mailed a ticket to my dad in Los Angeles and said, Dad, fly in and visit me in Minneapolis and use this ticket. And the professor said, my dad sent the ticket back and said, thank you, son, but I don't believe in those airplanes, and and I'd rather just stay safe on the ground in, in L.A. here. And, and the professor sent it back, dad, I fly in the airplanes twice a week, they're safer than a car, come visit me. And the professor said, dad actually took the ticket, went to the airport, walked up the a ramp, got into the airplane, visited him in Minneapolis, landed safely back in Los Angeles. And here's the point the professor made. Prior to that day, my dad believed all about airplanes. He knew they were out there and they went up and down. But for the first time in his life, he believed in an airplane. He got on the airplane. He trusted his life into an airplane. Here's what we mean. If you believe in means, I don't believe Jesus is out there. I don't just believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead. I get on the plane and I say, Lord Jesus, I'm trusting my life into your hands. I'm trusting your blood to forgive my sins. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in, next words, your heart. doesn't say your head. So the next lesson is salvation is not just a head thing. It's a heart thing. Many years ago in college, I met a guy named John. He was in my Bible study. We had great Christian fellowship together. After John graduated, he rejected Christ. And for 35 years, he turned away from Christ. And I would see him now and then. I'd talk to him about Christ and he just didn't want to talk about it. And finally, I said to him one time, John, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? And he kind of hesitated and he finally said, well, I guess I believe that's true, but I'm still not a Christian. And there's an example. He knew in his head that Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't want it in his heart. Now the good news is about five years ago, he converted back and he's going to church again and everything, but the devil believes in his head that Christ rose from the dead. you got to believe in your heart, which basically means you trust him, you want him, this is huge for you. Salvation is also a heart thing. Let me show you something here. Here's a picture. A Christian worker, this is a famous picture of Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, and a Christian worker was going door to door handing out this postcard to her neighborhood. And one day a... Uh, man took the postcard put it on the refrigerator of his uh house there and um they didn't go to church but they're having dinner that night and the little girl says daddy who is that man and why is he knocking on that door and the dad just he, he liked the picture but he didn't want to talk about it and he said well let's just eat oh daddy who is that man And why is he knocking at that door? Finally, the dad says, that man is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's, you know. But daddy, why is he knocking on that door? Well, that's the door of your heart and he wants to come into your heart. Daddy, why don't they let him in? And that question so bothered the father that the next week his whole family was in church. It's not enough to know in your head that Jesus rose from the dead. It's something you got to get in your heart, that it's the most important thing in your life. If you believe in your heart, next words, that God raised Christ from the dead, here's the next lesson Salvation happened at the resurrection. If you read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, By God's great mercy, we have been born again to a living hope. When did that happen? Quote, through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So if somebody asks you, when were you saved? I think the best answer is not when I got baptized or when I prayed and asked Jesus into my heart. You know when you got saved, according to 1 Peter 1, 3? When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that's the day you got saved. And you might say, well, yeah, but that happened way before I was ever born. Yeah, but God knew it. God has predestined all things. God brought you to Christ to put your faith in his resurrection. So um, the resurrection of Christ is what you have to believe to be saved. I went to Luther's seminary here in St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's become a very liberal seminary. I recommend it to no one. But when I graduated from Luther many years ago, they still had some conservative professors. And I remember in class, Dr. Frost was a great old professor and and one I think more liberal student put up his hand, Dr. Frost, do you have to believe Jesus literally rose from the dead to be saved? And old Dr. Frost looked at him and said, son, you don't play with that one when I was still in the liberal ELCA Lutheran denomination, our Bishop brought in Marcus Borg to speak at our pastor's conference. Marcus Borg, who is now dead, was an Episcopal scholar who denied that Jesus rose from the dead. I wrote the Bishop a letter. Dear Bishop, do we wanna promote false teaching in our church? What are you doing? And he wrote me back, Marcus Borg has a deep Christian faith. I'm thinking, he doesn't believe Jesus rose from the dead? I didn't go to that conference my buddy Leon went and and I afterwards I said Leon what happened and he basically said yes there were 200 Lutheran pastors there Marcus Borg got up and denied that Jesus literally rose from the dead and I said Leon did one Lutheran pastor put up his hand and say what he said nobody said a thing Listen, if you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. If you reject that, your salvation's out the window. Last words, if you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Last words, you will be saved. And I want you to notice the the tense of that verse. It's future. And that's my last uh, message here today. Salvation is future. There is a present tense to salvation. If you read the Gospel of John, it talks about we have, present tense, eternal life. That's true. But here it's future tense, meaning you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Let's take a moment and think about future salvation. This is going to happen someday. It could happen tonight. We'll hear trumpets. We'll look up, and Jesus Christ comes down in the clouds. Every eye sees him. All the dead that have ever lived are raised from the dead. One by one we go and we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and Jesus will determine our eternal destiny. Those who trusted in Christ go to heaven. Those who rejected Christ go to hell. Then the earth melts and we spend eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. It's going to be incredible. Yes, we are saved now, present tense, but we ain't seen nothing yet. All right, let's review all this. If salvation is conditional, you singularly confess with your lips, you have to have a public faith that Jesus is Lord, not that he's just your savior, but he's also Lord of your life. And yes, we still stumble and sin, but you repent when you sin, you don't live in it. If you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, verse 9.
2: Welcome to the portion of the Pastor Study, where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, my first question for you today is, does Romans 10, 9 mean that if I don't share my faith, I won't be saved.
1: Well, Romans ten nine. 9, if you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, it has to be public, Jackie. And Jesus said in Matthew 10, if you, he who confesses me before men, I'll confess before my father in heaven. He who denies me before men, I will deny before my father in heaven. So it's not like we have to do this to earn our salvation. We're saved by grace. But once you're saved by grace, it comes out of your mouth. I mean, at least sometimes it comes out of your mouth. So evangelizing, us evangelizing, doesn't earn our way into heaven or save us. We're saved by grace. But I heard somebody say, we're saved by grace alone, true. But grace never is alone. It always changes your life. And if you never, ever talk to anybody about Christ, I think you gotta wonder, is this real for me or not?
2: I've been told that God's love is unconditional, but aren't there conditions for salvation? And can you be lived if you're? Can you be saved if you're living in sin?
1: Yeah. Um, according to Paul, First Corinthians six: Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, robbers, nor revilers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed. And so, Jackie, you cannot live in impenitent sin and be saved. We all sin. But when we sin, we repent. But if you're living in it and not repenting it, now that doesn't mean we're saved by our good works, but it does mean if you're saved by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you can't live comfortably in sin. You're convicted of it. So um, yeah, uh, the condition is, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. So in that sense, salvation is unconditional in the sense that we can't earn it or do anything to save ourselves. If that's what you mean, okay. But it is conditional on faith in Christ.
2: How does a person know that they believe in Jesus in their heart, but not just in their head?
1: Yeah, that's what we talked about. Well, <clears throat> I, think it's, I think the devil knows in his head that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And I think it's possible to believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead, but still it's just a head thing, it's not a heart thing. So how do you know if it's a heart thing? Well I guess my, my question for somebody would be, do you pray, do you have a prayer life, do you talk to God, is Jesus important to you, is he central to your life? That would show to me that there's a personal relationship with, with Christ going on. Yeah.
2: Okay a person says they believe in Jesus but sometimes they wonder if they're saved because they don't trust him. Yeah. I don't know if if I trust him.
1: Yeah. Well here's the deal. The Bible says believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Acts 16, 31. Hallelujah, Jackie. It doesn't say, believe perfectly in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Because even our faith in Christ is mixed with doubt. There are days I have strong faith in God. There are days I sin and I doubt Him. And hallelujah, what saves me is the cross, not my faith. You know, Jackie, what saves us, not so much is our faith, but what our faith is in. And even though my faith is shaky, what my faith is in, Christ, is firm. So even with shaky, uncertain, doubt-filled faith will be saved because what we believe in, Christ. What saves me is not so much my faith, but what my faith is in.
2: You know, one of my favorite things that was taught to me a long, long time ago when I was actually fairly young, probably confirmation age though, is that the definition of grace is God's riches at Christ's expense to us.
1: It's the grace that saves us. Hallelujah, not my faith, which goes up and down. Yeah. Yeah,
2: okay. Um, for this question comes from one of our viewers It says their Baptist husband says the Bible forbids women to preach over men, but Lutherans and Methodists and other denominations now have women pastors. What does the Bible actually say about women? Yeah,
1: preaching over men. Well, here's the thing, Jackie. I'm a Lutheran. I don't believe women should preach over men, and here's the reason. When Jesus chose 12 disciples, he chose 12 men, not 6 women and 6 men. And when Judas hung himself, they chose another man to be the 12th disciple. They could have chosen Mary Magdalene, they didn't. And it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul writes, I don't allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, talking about the church. So I think women can do just about everything, but they shouldn't be the preacher over a church teaching adult men, and they shouldn't be elders, you know, being the authorities in the church. So, and and, you know, there are Lutheran churches, a lot of them that have women pastors, but there are Lutheran denominations like the Missouri Synod Lutherans, the Free Lutheran Church, the Wisconsin Synod, they don't have women pastors. But um, there you go, yeah.
2: Okay, one more question, Sure. And this comes from a viewer also who says, our daughter has told us that she is a lesbian. What do I say when they say two same-sex people having sex aren't hurting anyone? There is no victim
1: there there is a victim they're hurting each other the two women having sex are hurting each other because again 1st Corinthians 6 said uh, I mean Jackie if you've watched her show I struggled with same-sex attraction I don't go that route because I don't want to go to hell and 1 Corinthians 6 says if you go that route and don't repent and come to Christ you're going to hell so I think there is a victim involved and and uh, we got 16 seconds if somebody asked you to go to their lesbian wedding I humbly lovingly would say I can't come because I don't want to hurt you by affirming something I can't affirm before God.
2: God bless you all and thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would grant you his richest blessings until we're together again next time.
0: Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.
2: If you've been blessed by The Pastor Study, would you consider a tax deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastors Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.